0: Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. She's Aminatuso and she's Ann Friedman. <laughs> wow. You know, the reverse intro has the benefit of pronoun clarity. Like I will say that. <laughs> also, you got to switch things up every once in a while. I'm not upset about it. It felt kind of good, like crossing your legs the opposite direction. <laughs>
1: relieving the pressure.
0: How are you doing over there? Oh, you know, I was going to say happy Gregorian calendar new year, but I guess it's also happy Gregorian new calendar decade okay can i say something about that about the gregorian calendar
1: <laughs> the decade according to the gregorian calendar starts on the once so like all these people who are like so freaking out and excited i was like you got 365 more days of this decade but not to be technical
0: about it. i mean actually i think that's the greatest gift we can give anyone who is like oh my god what what are all these like decade in review things saying about my personal decade in review being like, you know what, you got another year to assess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you got another year to make your playlist of your like 1000 songs you liked this decade. You got another year to like, I don't know, like put up your top nine on Instagram for the decade, you could do whatever you want.
0: I appreciate that, especially because pushing it off one year makes the arbitrary gre- Gregorian decade align almost perfectly with like decades of my life like my 20s my 30s like you know what I mean like the little one year push <laughs> and I'm sort of like you know the only the only real the only real time markers being personal of course like I don't know how people who whose whole 20s weren't in the 2010s and whose whole 30s weren't in the 20 teens are processing this decade milestone because that's the only reason <laughs> I'm on board is because it works for me it works for me personally a person born in early January and also at the Beginning of a decade on the Gregorian calendar.
1: <laughs> you know, as someone born in a year that ends in a five, I have to say that I really appreciate being in the middle of it all. Mm.
0: Also, this has started me doing like a side Google as we're talking about Pope Gregory the 13th, I think. What are Roman numerals? Who is the Gregorian calendar's namesake?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Gregorian calendar is interesting in that, like, you know, it's the business calendar, it's the white people calendar, but it's not even the calendar that most people follow. Oh, for sure. Other religions have other years. Personally, I'm fine with people who believe that the new year starts at the spring equinox. For me personally, the year does not start until Q4. That's my... The Amina calendar operates that
0: way. Right. So you are heading into like the second quarter of your year right now. Right. Like,
1: of my year. I was just like, my year my year just started. I'm so excited about it. And I think I think about this a lot because, you know, I, uh, I was a technology person for a long time. But like this whole living you know like a quantified life kind of thing is both on some level i i see the benefits of it but more than anything else all i see it how it stresses people out and so the idea that you have to have something to show for the last 10 years of your life as if just being alive <laughs> is not enough is something that is just like really disturbing to me and i also like nostalgia is good i guess but i'm the kind of person that i only look forward you know and that's like uh part of why I'm in therapy. I'm not good at looking behind. But in the front, I was like, I can do that. So living for today and for the
0: future, pretty lit. I know. Well, and I have to say, like, we spent a lot of this year working on a book that looks backward. So it's like, mm. you know, yeah, tell me about it. And it was very hard. for me. I know. Well, well and I, <laughs> what I was gonna say, though, is like, honestly, something that it's not my favorite thing to do either. Honestly, like this is a way we are very similar. But one thing that got me through it <laughs> is being like, oh, this is like setting me up to learn things and like change my behavior in the future or like do things differently in the future. And then I can kind of like find the value in it as opposed to just being like, aren't I sad that I handled that that way? Or aren't I sad that this great moment has passed? Like any kind of like, um, you know, any of those feelings that creep in when you're often in like, a, oh, my God, 10 years ago, reflective mode.
1: Right. And I, I mean, you're so right about that. Not everyone gets that experience, and I would not certainly not have chosen that for myself or gotten this experience at all if we had not worked on this project together. It's like on, on one hand, there is very much like, wow, like, look at how far you've come. But also I think that for me at least, there is also a pain of just looking back at that time and being like, oh, here is how hard all of this was. And having to revisit it, even though today it's not that hard, still like puts some trauma into focus, which not great. You know, but at the same time, I think that like the real gift that I've gotten from working on the book with you really is to see just how full my life has been for 10 years. Because I think that I suffer a lot from just, I'm so focused on today and tomorrow that I, you know, it's like however I feel right now is how I think that my life is all of the time.
0: Yes, the future extrapolation.
1: Right. And having the time and space to be like, no, like look at 10 years of people who have loved me. Look at 10 years of people who've just been there. Look at 10 years of like really fun experiences or 10 years of really hard experiences sometimes, but things that you like survived with people. That was like very affirming for me.
0: Right. And I think that's something I feel very acutely, like the difference between working on this book that's kind of like a personal decade versus a lot of the things that many magazines and newspapers I read regularly are publishing right now that are sort of like an objective political cultural decade or like like some kind of reckoning with what we have supposedly all gone through over this past Gregorian 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I struggle with a lot of that too, because a lot of it isn't about like, oh, and how can we kind of like look forward and like, what do we want to take forward? And what do we want to leave behind? Because I think you're totally right. Like the the process of being in a reflective mode about our friendship is something that like gave me this deeper, uh, definitely a deeper sense of gratitude for, for you and for like many people who have loved me during that time. But it also, like I was saying earlier, allowed me to kind of say like, Oh, wow! When I lay it all out like this, I can really see that like these are the things these are the things I'm focused on in the past, so these are the things that like i'm gonna make a priority now as I move to the future and when I read a lot of these like what were the 2010 s reflections, there's not that same level of like on a on a, at a cultural level there's not that same type of energy of like okay and like what do we want to keep from this time or like what did we learn from this time and how are we going to try to do things differently it's all very much like as the 2010s draw to a close like there is persistent fear and anxiety and the world is burning and but you know like you know what I mean like there there is this sense of like it's the end of something and not like time is like a thing that goes on you know what I mean like we are still in it we are still making choices there is still like you know lots of it in front of us if we are lucky
1: Right. If we are lucky, uh, the key the key operating words there. Right. But, um, you know,
0: I mean, like th- these articles are not like literally the earth is ending tomorrow, but they have that kind of like apocalyptic tone of like it's – and I know that this is like because they're bookending a decade. It's the end of a decade. I'm air quoting. But it they also managed to have this tone of like, okay, we all start like a new thing, but it's in a horrible situation. It's not just like – I don't know. There was a um, – There was a Twitter thread I read earlier this year among a lot of designers about like how different people see time, like how they visualize time and how like, you know, there are people who are like, oh, I've always seen the year as a circle. And there were other people who are like, I see the year as a straight line. Or there are other people who are like, what do you mean? It just is like, I don't see any kind of like visual Mm. structure. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like as I, I mean, in this time when everyone seems to be talking about is it new? Is it a restart? Is it a new decade? Um, and I, I don't really know what the answer is for me. Um, but I think the answer is it's personal time. It's like, you know, years and decades of my life or like phases of my life, my DC years, like that was a time. That's not a calendar thing. My LA years, that's a time. (laughs) It's not a calendar thing, you know? Um, I, so it's like kind of an interesting thought exercise and people were making, um, some extrapolations that like, um, there are, like, if you are someone who tends to be, uh, like, you know, from XYZ kind of culture or, like, live in a place that's ruled by seasons, you feel more like an ex visualiz You know, they were making, like everything, some generalizations about who's likely to be linear and who's likely to be circular. But I was most interested in the people who were like, whoa, time has no shape, y'all. Like, time is just time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I very much feel that way, that time is just time. And it's a very kind of elastic time for me at least it's different every single day it really is it's just that I say this thing that is so cheesy all the time but it's so true for me that the days are long but the years really just zip by all the time and and I feel that I just feel that like every day is a slog I um and then you you know and then you look and it's like a blink of an eye you're like oh it's been 10 years or I've known this person for x y amount of time or it was like this amount of time since I did this other thing but I also just don't, um, I refuse to be a slave to time, you know, because I think that the, that thing that you said earlier about like, what am I, um, you know, like, how are we marking the time is something that this year has been, it's been really top of mind for me, just because when I was reading all of those decade roundups, the real comfort that I actually felt was, oh, the world has been ending for as long as the world has been here. Yeah, Humans have been like anxious about it, you know, like, oh, great. And I think that for me, some of that just has to do with the internet and in the sense where like, at the end of the decade before this one, we also had like enough mass communication that this kind you know, like the same kind of sentiment was propagated widely. And then it's happening now again. And I'm like, oh, great. The world is always on fire. The shit is always ending you know, like the world is going to end tomorrow, which obviously is the thing that like religious charlatans have been like selling to people forever. But even people who are secular, like tell themselves that we just do it in this very different kind of way, the same doom and gloom and apocalypse and we have different gods. Mm -hmm. But something clicked into place for me where I was like, you know, it's not like I personally feel in a great place in my place in the world. I'm like, no, I am anxious and I'm terrified and I'm all of the same things as everyone else. But I think that I am really in a place where I'm deciding that, you know, the news and culture and all of these external polls are not the things, they're not the things that I want to center my life around. I want to center my life around like, myself and the people who mean something to me because those milestones are very different the minute that you make them very personal right it's been an interesting kind of thought exercise for me and also the thing that i think all the time when i see these like the last 10 years or the whatever i i mentioned like you know the spotify list or the the top nine but really i've been thinking a lot about how so much of my life is ephemera and i don't like that that's the feeling that i don't like and so really thinking about, like, what did I make this last decade that made me proud? What do I want to make the next decade that will make me proud? And what is something that will last? And I think that, like, once once I started not thinking about time in this elastic kind of way, it's it's been a different set of questions. I don't have answers to any of them, but I know that I feel a little less anxious about it. And I've just, like, submitted to the fact that the world is ending and I will die and that's okay because that's the plan from the beginning.
0: But everyone needs their own internal clock. Like you need to decide, like what does time mean to you, right? Um, and just to give proper credit, I went and looked, and the tweet was from the design writer Alexandra Lang. And oh, she's awesome. She, she has a great newsletter. It, exactly. So I like, I was like, oh, right. Like I knew it was someone. <laughs> knew it was someone I wanted to act to cite and source. And um, we can link to the thread in the show notes because it's full of replies of just like how all these different people conceptualize time. Look at us being like college student, like philosophy students. Look at us. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, honestly, (laughs) like this is, but this is like, you know, when we, when we haven't um, podcasted together like this in a while, I'm like, it makes some sense. It's like, you know, we are, we've done a lot of processing separately in the last few weeks. We are like off on our own reading. Like we can come together and have the like salon conversation. (laughs) 100%. I've been doing a lot of
1: traveling lately and there was something really nice about being during the holidays in a country that does not celebrate Christmas but definitely celebrate New Year's that I think also made me feel so much less anxious about everything because it was just like okay the year is ending where you know like everybody is having a big party or whatever which is fine but there was not that rush of like consumer capitalism you have to get everyone a present you have to do like they like that just didn't exist for the like wh- when i was in senegal for the last two weeks and it's not to say that like people don't do holidays that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that it is like the vibe is very different and one it's because it's like a majority muslim country and also like african people don't do nonsense but i think that just also knowing that everybody does this differently and it does not have to feel like a mad dash towards the end of the year is something that fe- like it felt amazing to me. And I'm really glad that I had that this last month because I think that it did wonders for my mental health.
0: Yes. And, and you know, this kind of like everybody does it differently. I want to do a call back to a previous year's uh, first episode of the Gregorian calendar year um, in which Sabrina Hersey isa gave the, the hot, hot tip that she uses her birthday every month as a day for kind of like reflection and assessment. Mm. Um, and, and that is like her time, you know, like her time is, this is how I'm checking in. This is how I'm checking in with my own feelings of like, am I on a path I want to be on? Am I making choices that are fulfilling to me? Am I kind of like incrementally working toward things I want to be working toward. She had a short list of questions. You know, she schedules all her appointments on that recurring calendar day, but she also does stuff like ask herself what she's been grateful for in the past month. Ask herself what she's learned in the past month. Ask herself what's gone well or what didn't go so well or who she maybe owes a phone call or what little things has she let fall through the cracks that, that she needs to be doing to kind of support herself. And I just, I want to shout that out again because it feels like, the kind of perfect marriage between a beginning of the year practical advice episode of this podcast and also the kind of like more ephemeral like due time on your own conversation that we're having now. Because I that's one reason I love it. It's like an adaptation of time to fit her own needs. Love to
1: see it. Should we take a break? <laughs> Let's take a break. As you know, from working on a memoir with me, I have the worst uh, recall about my own life. And mostly because I'm like, oh, I just don't want to look there. So when I think about like, oh, where was I on like January 1, 2010? I have no idea. I could probably go in an email somewhere and find it. Or maybe like, were we already on Instagram? Maybe that's there somewhere. We
0: were at Big Bear Coffee Shop in Washington DC, which was closed for a dance party. What? Are you serious? You and me, I was wearing a vintage lace dress and you were wearing like a, like a, like a kind of like a wide belt in some kind of fitted situation. And the fact that you know this has me shook. And there's definitely a photo of us like at like midnight or just after or before clearly dancing.
1: Clearly dancing. Okay. Well, that's where I want to be at the start of the decade. Clearly dancing. So thank you
0: for clarifying
1: that for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm like very shook by that that i remember um, that okay. i'm pretty sure yes, it was 2010
1: I, I mean it has to be right because we met in 2009 right uh, that's what i'm saying yeah.
0: and i still yeah. lived in dc that's so why well you know <laughs>
1: good to have you in my life because i would have i would have made a mental note to look and then never looked back um where was I? January 1, 2010. Not dead. Moving on. Definitely um, not dead. Definitely dancing. Like <laughs> I know, but you know like what a what a like decade we've had. I have lived in like I moved from DC to New York to San Francisco back to New York and have done so much in that time. Like that's so wild to me. If you told me today you were like, "Hey, Amina, this next decade, you're going to move like five times across the country or whatever. I would give up the ghost like immediately. Like that seems not cool and not exciting at all. And just, you know, I'm an old lady now, so I don't want to do any of those things. But like how wild that we we just like set off. But also we were like children of the Great Recession. So we kind of didn't have a choice in how uh, we had to be mobile. So when I think
0: about the story of our decade, I think a lot about how the economy had so much to do with it. Yes. This is kind of what I mean about personal time. Like, yes, obviously, the economy had a lot to do with it. There was a bad economy situation in 2008 that was still going on as we rang in this decade. But that, for us, also coincided with the earliest years of our careers. And I think, like, I, in particular, the oldest millennial, TM, had it a lot better than, like, you and Gina, who are a couple years younger than me and who were, like, basically trying to find jobs and get on a specific professional track like right when the economy tanked. I had kind of like a couple years of a head start before things got really really bad although in media economy it's always a recession so <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely like that like this broader economic thing was happening but it's also that like we were in our 20s and were had not established ourselves as like professional humans with like Other professional connections and a body of work and experience that we could use to like convince people to give us more work. (laughs) So I think that that is like, you can't really separate those things, right? Like for us, the decade is marked both by where we were on our like personal timelines and also these like bigger factors. And you know, and the fact that I've been thinking about that thing you said about how ephemeral a lot of this is is like, where did our friendship and where did our lives play out? I mean, our, our friendship and lives played out on G Like that was like a huge where we were talking to each other when we weren't physically together on Tumblr, LOL, like things we have totally abandoned as like, like rich archives of how are we spending the day to day? Like what were the things we were like laughing at and finding like inspiring or like wanting to do with ourselves? Like what were all these minor inputs? And like when we were writing this book, going back to the G chat archives and like, to a lesser extent, the Tumblr archives or the occasional Facebook post was like, so surreal because I can't really imagine like, you know, my journal is all mushy feelings that like actually are not useful or scrutable to to modern me. So it's like, these are the things, these like the conversations we had about like, who's picking up what food item and what time are you coming over? And like, do you want to see that movie? And like, what photo did I find on Tumblr that I had to reblog? Like, these are the things that feel much more like of capturing a day to day of that time even though it's like, I don't know, somewhere between the feelings dump of the journal and like the kind of surface level day to day that you can see in the technology record lies maybe some kind of truth about what was going on for us. I don't know. It was wild. Yeah, I am I
1: mean, going back to the journal archive has been
0: like, what a mess for me
1: personally. I was like, I, uh, I have to have like <laughs> therapy just because I'm like looking at old journals. Um, triggered. But it's also this thing where it's so funny to just see with the hindsight of just like okay I like I've gotten over that or I have really overcome like you know just being a young person or whatever It's so interesting to like go back to this younger self. And the thing that I am trying to do is instead of cringing is to just have like a lot of
0: compassion for that
1: person. I liked her. I liked
0: her so much. I know.
1: (laughs) I was like, I really like this girl. You know, like she's like, she's fine. Like life is a mess, but she's actually like, she's fine. She's doing it. Like that person made me this person. So that worked out. But it's so like, yeah, I, I have a practice in my journaling where I don't name people because of I don't uh, you know like I just don't want a stranger to like find my journal or to read it and then it's like Anne Friedman like you know last four of her social did this today XYZ <laughs> um, but also because I'm like oh what I'm really trying to process is how I feel and not like who it is and so it's interesting sometimes to go back and be like oh sometimes there are initials and I know who the person is And other times I don't know. And it's just like, wow, like some of the stuff mattered so much and it doesn't matter today. But I would also put in like all sorts of dumb stuff in there, like my grocery store receipt or like a thing I really like that I ate or like a thing, that you know, like just like a thing. So it's been like a very fun memento for me as well as just like, ugh, like is there a way not to cringe at who you were when you were younger? And I think that it's really unfair to cringe at yourself well, because that person like becomes a different person.
0: Right. And like counterpoint, like, you know, if you're not cringing a little, it means you're not changing. It just means you are like, right. like a static person, which like that is more way more terrifying to me than someone like, you know, reads in the book an anecdote about something I did or said when I was like, you know, a lot younger like or like two weeks ago and is like wow who is she like this is so embarrassing like that to me like the feeling of like oh god I can't believe that happened is at least a sign that like maybe I'm not maybe I'm not replicating whatever it is is making me cringe about the past um I mean this is
1: so embarrassing is my feeling about every version of myself that is 1 second older than I am at any moment. <laughs> Just like this that is the
0: constant state of being. You're embarrassed about how we opened this podcast 20 minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed about everything. I'm like how like being alive is so embarrassing. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh it really is now in the background I'm like going to Facebook to be like is this photo of you and me at on New Year's Eve available I'm like now I'm on a hunt for it I'm like where has it not been deleted from because I also I you know it's a very funny thing about memories where I'm like the reason I could tell you right away where we were at the beginning of this decade is because there is this photo that I could recall like you know like obviously I was there as a human and I wonder a lot about like going forward not so much questions about like oh is is it good for us to document and post our lives on the internet? But like, does that power go away? Because that photo was from a a much less documented era, which is why I can remember Mm -hmm. it. It's not from an era when we had like photos, 25 photos of everything we did and every meal we ate.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, Memories are so interesting, like that. I had a good, uh, I had a good like chat with my therapist on our last therapy session for the decade. Shout out to people who go to therapy on December thirty one. Um, <laughs> we know who we are. It's like some people go to the gym and some people go to the gym for the head. You know what I mean?
0: Emotional gym. have <laughs> just been
1: there. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I think that the thing that I was the most struck by for me is how like so much of my therapy work is just like working through past trauma. And a lot of the not remembering is that it's like I don't want like everything was traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you bury the memory and that's how you like move on. Because, you know, if you don't think about it, it's like it never happened. But uh, that's not a way to live life. So you do have to work through it. And a thing that was like really good. And again, this is why I'm so bullish on just being alive. It's I was like, oh, yeah, like you can have like an okay life if you survive. And so I think that just like thinking about how in like moments where I was very depressed or very, you know, like just everything was very bad and much worse than it feels now that a lot of that also was just not having the tools to deal with it. You know, so it's not like, oh, my life is like better and there's less trauma and there's like you know like whatever it's just like oh no like I have tools to deal with that now right and so things are just not as painful and they're not just as hard and they're not as so many things and so the last 10 years I think for me too has just been like such an awareness of um, mental health as an important like health indicator and I'm really grateful that I at least like I am in a community where it's something that we can talk about more and it's so much more normalized and You know, access is easier. It sucks for a lot of people and it's hard, but um, I, you know, I feel that like who I was 10 years ago trying to find a therapist is, uh, you know, it's a little bit easier today. Not to say that it's amazing, but there is just so much more um, of an openness and a willingness to talk about it. And that has been you know, just thinking a lot about like, what are the tools that it takes to just like make it 10 years? I was like, yeah, like mental health, like put that in the toolbox.
0: Like everything, everything needs to click into place. Mm. That And that's kind of what I mean about what's the thing going forward? Like not just compassion for your younger self, but you're like, oh, wow, like what has changed? What's given me the tools to kind of feel like I am different from this past version of myself? Like that is like a really amazing and positive thing that I want to keep doing, right? Like it's not just like, Mm -hmm. oh, like when we kind of wrote these, early chapters of the book about the beginnings of our friendship, we did a lot of like, who were these girls (laughs) conversation? Who are these fools? Who are they? Where are they? Uh, Situate them. and, And some of, some of the like narrative we ultimately came up with, has to do with like, how were we, Kind of so suited to immediately become such good friends, like, which is belongs in the context of the book. And I'll leave it there for everyone who is going to read it. But I think that the other layer of that was like, oh, like, you know, what, trying to answer that question a little more broadly in a way, like, I really. Um, maybe I have for high school a little bit because it's such a mythologized time. I've been like, oh, like, you know, I was X, Y, Z type in high school, but really like your adulthood does not lend itself to such easy pronouncements about like, oh yes, like we were the girls who did X in our twenties, right? Like, you know, that's the kind of thing that you don't really do if you are not forced to reflect on it. And while I don't think we have like clear answers, I do think that like creating a narrative about that time in our lives like, allowed me to kind of see some things about myself. Like, for example, you know, you were saying earlier, moving constantly because recession and because our 20s. It's like, when I moved to D.C., I had... It was my third city in two years, a year and a half. Woof! Yeah. Woof! And and I didn't want to live there. I didn't want to leave San Francisco, which is where I was coming from. And, like, the... I don't know. I think there were maybe... Two and a half, three years in DC before I met you, um, where I was like, honestly, the grumpiest person. Like when I was like really reflecting on like, you know, how like that period of time I spent there. Like I was saying earlier, my DC years. That's TM. what I
1: loved about you, Anne. You were the most lovable grump. <laughs>
0: right but my narrative of self of my 20s was not lovable grump that's like my teen narrative and now i'm like what if i'm a, what if i'm a lovable grump now what if that's just who i am forever and i can only see it in hindsight um, but yeah but i had like some new perspective on like i knew i moved to dc with a bad attitude like i know i did but like having to like kind of write it out and be like oh and then of course i wasn't happy when i got there like you know and you can't sh- you can't wave a wand and be like attitude adjustment that's not how it works (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) But but now I'm just like, oh, right. Like there's a reason that move was harder than other moves I made because I had really told myself that it was like going to be bad. Like I was really like in a mindset where honestly like – You know, I feel like until I met you where I was like, oh, a a thing this city has given me, (laughs) like like something that has come out of this that is like so objectively good, I can't hate this experience anymore. Even though I had already before that met people who I really loved and still love to this day, like there was something about like being able to reflect on my own mental shift and also like what if I had just moved and been like you know what this is a city like lots of cities there are good things and bad things about living here there are people I'm going to want to be friends with and there's people I'm not going to be compatible with like what if I had just had kind of like a more I don't know like a, a less a less like. A less like day to day upbeat, but like log- large scale grumpy attitude. Like that's my secret. Is like I'm like I seem happy in the moment to moment, and then like when you peel below, you're like she is grumpy, right? Like it's like <laughs> that lady, is
1: you are you are definitely grumpy, but like <laughs> no, it's also like in a way. That it's, I don't know. I like I love grumpy women. I like see, it's truly it's one of the it like it's one of the most attractive qualities to me in a lady friend just like how how like uncomfortably like unhappy are you and then let's dive in (laughs) but you know I think I think that some of that is just you know it's like so much of it is seeing your own kind of self reflected in someone else right so like grumpy is not even the word that I would use but I think that seeing someone who is just uh there's something like very clarifying about meeting someone for the first time And you, like, immediately understand that they are not in a circumstance that they would like, but you are both making the best out of it. And maybe, like, together you can get out of it. That is, you know, and I don't know how you communicate that to someone immediately or that it's, you know, like, I don't know how that happens. I guess it's like the kismet of friendship almost. But there is just something about, like, sometimes it really takes seeing it in someone else to recognize that in you. Because I had a bad attitude, too. And I was really grumpy and I was really... I just like, you know, and I was like, I'm not making any headway and I'm like, nobody wants to be my friend and I'm just such an asshole and blah, blah, blah. And then you just like see someone else where you're like, okay, this person is less of an asshole than me. Like, this is what I want. So let's try
0: that. And it's fine. Oh my God, this person is less of an asshole than me. such an amazing hearing you say that reminds me of the um, of the kind of principle that I have experienced firsthand when when you are living in a multi roommate situation and you become very close to one roommate because you're united against another roommate who's like leaves the kitchen dirty or who is like difficult to deal with like the principle of like we have a common enemy is sort of like the foundation of I mean even though DC was not our like enemy like recognizing that grumpiness I feel like is kind of like okay like we are bonded by a negative thing and you know and uh, while I am obviously happy that we found a way to bond like you know thinking about like the future I'm like wow wouldn't it be great if I like did not make any more friendships that's founded in like that are founded in a mutual dislike of something <laughs> like maybe wouldn't it be well, amazing <laughs> if I was just like yeah. <laughs> you're like no no I'm all about it
1: <laughs> no I, I mean I don't um for myself at least I don't agree with that roommate analogy um but like your point stands I think have you that, never had like, that experience I've only had, in all of my years of roommates, I've had two bad experiences. One of them was living with just one person. It was like in the dorm. She was awful. But also like, I'm sure that she is telling someone right now that I am awful. And I think that we're both correct. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so like, that's fine. I'm like that one, I'm just going to chalk up to the game. And in the other bad roommate situation that I was in, it was a three person situation. And I was definitely the person that they ganged up against. They were awful. I was medium awful, so I'm sure that they're telling people that I was awful too, and it's fine. Like, you know what I mean? It's like if somebody confronted me about that, I would be like, "No, you're correct. It was bad." So yeah, but I—I'm I not it's endorsing like less about, it. I'm just saying
0: it's a powerful bonding tool. That's all. No, I'm No, saying. no, no. It's yeah. a
1: powerful bonding tool. But I like a thing about all of this that's just fascinating is that I think that everyone has their own internal barometer, basically, for like what they're looking for and what they want, and it is like truly the experience of like writing this book with you. All I can think about is like, wow how in the world like beyond like kindergarten where they force you together do two people just like decide that they're going to be friends the entire process is just wild to me and I'm like it just happens some of it is circumstantial some of it is choice some of it is whatever but a lot of it too I think that like looking back on the like on the you know in the in the full in the full scope of our friendship A lot of it is obviously like in those day-to-day moments that you were talking about, but so much of it is also just like looking back at the end of the year and be like, okay, we're still here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're like, great. Like all of those small things add up to a bigger moment and we're still here. Like I obviously like at the beginning of our friendship, if you're like, let's be friends for 10 years, I, I would have said like, yes, immediately. But I think that now that it's been ten years, I'm like, oh yeah, ten years is a long time. It's also
0: not a long time,
1: like depending on how you're looking at your life.
0: But also Depending like, it's on how a lot. long we'll both live, which we don't have any info right. about. Yeah. Right.
1: Depending on how long you live, depending on how you feel about time, depending on so many things. But also I was like, some of it was like, you know, some of it went by really fast. And I'm like, some of it was also like hard and long and like, wow, we're still here. Mm-hmm. And that I think, um, You know, again, I'm like, this is the mystery of humans, because I think that we both arrive to that place like very differently. And that's what's like very exciting and terrifying about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, not to, not to make everything you know, about like a plug for the book or where it ends up. But I think that like, there is a, please make everything a plug for the book. We need to sell a lot of books so I can pay my rent. Thank you. Goodbye. But I do think that this idea of like, you don't, you don't have to like, you don't have to agree on like whether it's, easier to make friends if you're united in a common enemy you don't even have to agree on the narrative of what made your friendship click in the beginning like it's all you have to do is both be still there like you know like that is like really it's it's sort of how there's i actually don't know who to quote it to but like there's a thing that like married people always say that's like the way to stay married is just not get divorced have you heard this
1: (laughs) i mean yeah probably like some christian person somewhere oh
0: a hundred percent a hundred (laughs) percent like that is anyway um i yeah, same I, yeah.
1: thing for being friends.
0: <laughs> I actually think divorce. I read it most recently in The New Yorker magazine, like anyway. I'm just saying it's like not only Christians who say that, but yes, yeah, same principle for being friends is like, you know, you you just have to still you just have to still be there. Like, even if you don't, even if it's not amazing that day, even if it's, you know, you don't share the same version of events, the only way to stay friends is to just stay friends. (laughs) It's like, I know that's like a, like a sticker that like, we probably didn't have to write a whole book to say, but like, I'm like, that is, that is the, like, 10-year narrative that you... That's the only part of our narrative, though, that we really, really have to 100% right. agree and on. To complicate,
1: and to complicate it a little bit, right, it's not like, oh, like, stay in toxic relationships or stay with people that you don't like or whatever. It's like, if it's bad, it's bad. Like, everyone agrees to that. But I think that there is just... I always had this, like, very intense, uh, naive feeling that um every other kind of relationship is hard like it's hard with my family it's hard with my romantic partners but with my friends it's always easy and the last 10 years has been like very eye-opening there it's like oh no to like make a life with people is just hard right and uh it doesn't matter how you are related to them if you choose people and you say that they're your tribe and you want to stick it out with them that shit is hard so um yeah so i think that like but also i'm really glad that i learned that lesson in this decade mm-hmm. because you know what like if i like didn't learn this if i hadn't learned this this decade the next 10 years would be incredibly painful and hard so now i'm like okay i know it's gonna be a tiny bit less hard because i know and now i have the tools or i have some of the tools <laughs> but uh it's uh i don't know there is just a i'm like a you know me i like love self-help but i don't want it to look like self-help And, uh, you know, and there's something like incredibly cheesy or whatever about it, but at the same time, like, you know, realizing things about yourself is very beautiful and like learning something about yourself and being able to do things about patterns that you have or things that you're trying to break out of or just like generally the project of self-improvement. Um, can be a very beautiful thing for a person and I'm really happy that I have that in
0: my life right and also I mean that that very much speaks to the like what is what is the energy you want to carry forward right like it's it's um, I was thinking about how um, a friend of mine who is an artist someone gave her an exercise to do that was like about her, all of her creative work and it was basically just this like what do you want to turn the volume up on and what do you want to turn the volume down on like what do you want to do not like oh my god i'm going to accomplish this list of things but like what do you want to do a little bit more of in the next year five years decade however you're defining time and what do you want to do less of and then it's relative and i really like i've been thinking about that a lot um you know, both after this reflective process of thinking about the last 10 years of our lives and like being realistic about like how much can a human being snap their fingers and change and like what does awareness really do? The idea of like, okay, actually, I want a little bit more understanding and a little bit more like day-to-day acceptance of the fact that like being in long-term, intimate family relationships, be they chosen or biological or of origin or whatever that is a thing that I'm going to have to turn the dial up on certain things and turn the dial down on certain things if I want to stay in them. Like, basically, like, that is a relative marker.
1: Yeah, same. Hard same. Agree.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not not quite as practical as Sabrina's, like, you know, use your birthday as a personal inventory every month. But, like, dial up, dial down is, like, the only end-of-year reflection thing that I am doing.
1: The thing that I love about both of those things is that it's just also the truth of like how can you be a better person is just figure out what works for you there's not like one size fits all advice for people which is why most advice is like given by charlatans um (laughs) I think I think that like you get a lot of input about what you should be doing but again you have to like make it work and the thing that I have really I've been like really struck by in both like our writing this book and all the people that we're talking to and all the conversations that I'm having about friendship and all these things is just like realizing that like you like and I've always known this so this is not a realization but being like very solid and knowing that there is nothing extraordinary about our story we are the two most like ordinary kind of friend pair that you can have and a lot of people that we talk to at least that listen to the show or that we interact with and like our work a lot of times are younger than us and I think that and it's something that we've said before but a thing that like I'm so is so front of mind for me and I'm so struck by all the time is I was like, yeah, all we have on you is that we're a little bit older than you. So like you have to go through all the motions. You have to go through the motions of being alive. And also there is nothing special about us. Like all of the dynamics that we have are dynamics that other people have. All of the problems that we have are problems that other people have. All of the like laughs that we have are laughs that other people have. That makes me feel awesome. I was like, thank you. Like we are like we are only ordinary people. Like this is all of this is so pedestrian in a way that makes me feel really happy to be alive.
0: I think that's true. And but also to kind of like, you know, not to use the ten year modality again, but I've been thinking a lot about like the orientation I have toward a lot of my friends who are like ten years older than me. I can't help but be a fan a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? There is this sense of like, you know, you're totally right when you're like, oh, like we've just been alive longer than certain people right like but also that that is worth something and I think that like the kinds of people that I choose to surround myself with are often people who are like trying to grow and change and get better and so therefore if they have 10 years on me like I have no choice but to stand, you know what I mean? I'm like they are they've right. been working on this an extra decade and I really lately have found myself in my friendships with women in particular who are you know about 10 years older than me give or take. I am just like chin on my hands, hanging on every word like tell me everything. Like I have that same attitude that you were that you were talking about and it's not because I think that they are doing life uniquely well or that they are like some outliers. It's actually because I feel that they are just like a little bit deeper into this thing and therefore have gained a little bit more knowledge. And I want to I want to soak it up as much as I can. And so like, I don't, you know, I think you're totally right. Like we're average, we're average humans. <laughs> um, but like, there is still something about like average humans as time passes. I mean, this is why like, um so many cultures venerate elders for example like not 100 percent, not like you're perfect just because you've been around a long time but like if you've been working for an extra 10 years on me like i want to know what you've learned through that work
1: wow a white woman talking about elder worship what
0: a moment for me um i love it (laughs) ancestor worship bring it back to be clear i did Uh, not (laughs) use the word worship that's a catholic trigger for me i don't do that (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, You know what, And Sit with that for a minute. No, I I completely agree with you. I think that that's true. And I think that like a lot of that also is just reframing it, right? From a place where you're like, ugh, like this person that's 10 years older than me, they have what I want as opposed to saying like, oh, like how do I like what are the steps that makes them get there? And a lot of time that step is just time. And instead of like looking at them as something that you need to have right away, it's really reframing it and saying like, okay. When I have as much, when I'm alive for as long as this person, here's where I would like to be. And I think that that is an entirely different conversation. It's funny now to be the age where I think for a long time, I was always the younger friend. And now I realize that I'm the older friend everywhere I go because I never ask people their ages. I, It's like the same way that I don't like to remember things. I think that everybody is exactly 34 because they were born April 8, 1985. <laughs> like that's like what I think. And so everybody in my life is my same age and now everyone you know it's like every once in a while people will like carbon date themselves and i'm like wait how old are you <laughs> and and i'm realizing that i you know like there are a lot of friends that are in the i'm the friend that is 10 years older and even, like, knowing that has been so clarifying. I'm like, oh, this is what is going on here. Like, I did not realize that, and now I know. But it is both, Uh, it's awesome to be the younger friend and to be the older friend. So I'm really happy to have both of those experiences. But uh, shout out to the older friends, because my old, like, my older friends, like, really put up with a lot of shit for me. So, like, <laughs> thank you for being my friend.
0: And I was going to say, that's how you know that a decade really is personal time. Like, there is no collective decade, because, like, you talk to someone who is outside Side of striking distance of your own age who's a lot younger or older and you're like what was your decade like and it's like whoa this is they're the only way to judge this is personally you know what i mean like you are yeah, like yeah. what
1: do you mean you don't know what mavis beacon is you know i'm like <laughs> what are you talking about so i had this like awesome moment with a younger friend recently where we were talking about like something about women in sports or whatever and oh and there was like a meme and someone shared a picture of brandy chastain the The soccer player who like you know in the iconic like one of the most iconic 90s display of like women's strength when she like scored and just like took her shirt off and she was wearing um a sports bra and it was like we've never seen this before but and and this person like didn't know who that was and in this and in this moment everyone tried to shame them and i was like this is so stupid first of all like sports is also ephemera so like relax but that was such a it this is all like a circuitous way of you for me to tell you that I was like that was like a moment for me where I was like, oh, I am older than this person like we do not share the same memories and that was like such a it's like I can't stop thinking about it and now realizing like all of the same uh, all of the same people who have had to do that for me because I was this like person who also like didn't know and was always embarrassed about asking so uh time it's so weird cuz i remember that memory like it was yesterday but it was in fact not yesterday i was not even like 15 when that happened so it's a lot
0: right everybody's everybody's time is different we are almost out of time but i'm just like remembering because we've been we've been talking about the book is like i forget what moment of the writing process we were at but like you had the iconic observation that, you know, that Donald Glover gif when he shows up at the house with the pizzas and opens the door and like the whole room is on fire. Like <laughs> he thinks he's just going to like sit and have a pizza and like, oh my God, like everything is burning down. You astutely observe that that is what adult life is. And so I just like, I feel like I want to just inject that energy a little bit into talk of like <laughs> growth and change and plans. It's just like, no, you know, actually the house is always burning down. <laughs> like and We always, are just doing since the beginning of we're just trying to protect the pizza (laughs) (laughs) the pizza of life the pizza Um, of adult life
1: (laughs) oh my gosh well I love you a lot I'm literally gonna see you so soon imminently imminently I think you're gonna be the first person I see in the new year of my friends that don't live in New York so I'm excited about that
0: I'll see you for the next 10 years oh see you for the next decade on different corners of the internet probably let's be real (laughs) i'll see you on al gore's internet i'll see you on beyonce's internet
1: i'll see you on the tiktok kid internet everyone's internet i got you you can find us many places on the internet callyourgirlfriend.com apple podcast spotify stitcher we're on all your favorite platforms subscribe rate review you know the drill You can call us back. You can leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943, 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music composed by Carolyn Packer Rings. Our logos are by Kenesha Lee. We're on Instagram and Twitter at callyrgf. Our associate producer is Jordan Bailey, and this podcast is produced by Gina